0: Okay. Um I'm Justin and I both created my magic mud. I actually came up with the formula and um, the, the two of us turned it into a business. So I'm gonna to talk to you about what I do and what um, what I feel that you could learn from, and then he's going to give you his expertise. So it's gonna be a two-parter, two for one. Um So one of the things that I like to tell people when they talk to me about, you know, how did I get started, it really started way before the formula was even created or the idea to do an all-natural teeth whitener even came into my mind. Um, One thing that I learned a couple of years ago through struggle and uh, heartache, we were were poor, (laughs) for lack of a better term, and uh, struggling with surviving, and we were not happy. And um, I actually had a previous business, it was a clothing business, um, which was really awesome, but it just was never successful. And the one thing that I realized was it wasn't successful because I wasn't in the mind frame to be um, an entrepreneur. I wasn't in the mind frame to own my own business and to really um be the person that is going to drive it forward um so it failed and um one thing that i learned in that process was i love creating i think that um when you're creating anything whether it's a a beautiful relationship Creating um, human beings and raising them
1: to be beautiful
0: people in the world, or whether it's a service or a product. That is really what makes us feel alive in my opinion, Um, but you really can't open your mind to creating or ideas when you're focusing on surviving, when you're only focusing on drama in your life, when you're only focusing on the stress of every day. Um, So Justin and I decided when we realized that it wasn't getting any better, that we had to do something radical, that we had to change. so we decided to shift our focus, really take stock of what our lives looked like, what we hated about it, and what we loved about it, and then what we wanted to create. Um, so it took months and months and months and months of trying to figure out, you know, who was in our life that we wanted to keep, that, that lifted us up, that that um, inspired us to be better people, who weren't, you know, were in our lives that weren't serving us. We, we changed our eating habits, we changed our life. We even went as far, or I went as far, as to um, redecorate our house. And I'm not talking about, oh, I went out and bought a bunch of paintings. I had my kids do figure paints, and I painted on my wall uh, directly, just to give myself an uplifting and, and better environment. So when I came downstairs, I felt peaceful. And at that point, my mind just opened up and I started having these crazy ideas and I really came into myself as an entrepreneur and I really felt like I could be my own solution. Instead of sitting on the couch like Joel said and being like, it doesn't matter um, you know, we're all fucked anyways uh, I, I really felt like I could make a difference not only for my family but for other people um, and my magic mud was one of them and it... It started as just an idea for my kids and then when I realized how crazy good it was for us and we started getting a bunch of people like, how did you do that? We gave it away to like friends and family and, um, and that was when Justin and I realized that this was something that we really could do. So at that point, because he was always an amazing businessman and tried to help me start he, – he's a liar <laughs> And he he had tried to help me with my clothing business, but like I said, I wasn't in the right mind frame. So this time around, he was a little bit more savvy, and he goes, "Okay, you want to turn this into a business? You do it. You prove to me that this is something that you want, and uh, and then I'll get on board." And I was pissed. I was so pissed. <laughs> because I didn't want to do it myself, but then I realized, no, we're, we've changed our mind frame. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him how awesome I am. So I sourced everything. I got all online and tried to figure out what the best prices were. Um, and I made, like, what was it, 20 jars in my kitchen at a time and and sold them. And that's nothing. I mean, it really is nothing. But I I decided to start small and prove to myself and mainly to my husband that I could do it, that I could be a business owner. And taking all this scary away from it, it's it's a huge deal when you're when you're starting something new because the government, the regulations, the fees, the taxes, the signing up and, and you know, turning it into a legitimate business scared the shit out of me and thankfully I'm an anarchist and I was like well screw that, I'm not doing any of that (laughs) so it actually became like this thing that I could do, it wasn't a Goliath anymore, I was like well I don't care, like if people I'll tell them I made it in my kitchen and if they have a problem with that then they can not buy my product, I don't care and uh, it started off really simple and if I could tell any of you One thing, okay, two things, but one of those two things would be just start simple. Just do whatever it is in your, you know, general area. Start within your means, you know, and and start small and just create a roadmap. And fuck all those regulations. Don't even pay them any attention because you're going to find that when you build it, when you get to a point that you maybe should look at the regulations, then you'll have the funds to go, okay, I could do this and it could make me this much money, or I could continue on the counter economic way. Um, but it, that's going to be up to you to decide how to go. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We're definitely. Um, you know, doing the farmer's market thing and not worrying about what regulations or what government wants from us. Um, but we're also like kind of dabbling in, you know, where we want to participate in, in um, you know, society. But that's up to me. No one else is going to tell me how to run my business. Um, so, one of the things that is important to remember is when you're starting a business, I've noticed, especially with me, but with a lot of other people, that one of the main things is is that people love to make excuses more than they love to make money. So that's a big thing. Is if you can if you can look at all the oh, but I but I need it to be this one certain way or I need it to look this way. Um, when people ask Justin and I how to start or I have this idea, what do you think? and and they give me more than three excuses, in my head I've already gone, okay, you don't want to be a business owner right now. That's the the honest to God truth. And I know that from experience um, because I was there for several, several years. I was always about excuses. I always had these great ideas, but I'm like, oh, I can't do it. So if you're giving yourself excuses, then it's a really awesome time to look at yourself in the mirror and go, Do I want to make money, or do I want to continue to make excuses? Because you can do this, especially with agorism. You can make money. You can have an awesome business where you provide a great service or a great product. Because there are people out there that don't give a shit whether you're FDA approved or whether you have the the right business model. They don't care. They just want a quality product or a quality service from somebody that they can trust. So I talked about starting small, get rid of all your excuses and figure out what it is that you can, um, what you can do now. Another thing that I've noticed is um, through our journey was It was really difficult because, like I said, we were struggling at the time, but any amount of money that I could put back into my business and not use really helped me get to the next level. So, like I said, I started with a few jars, making it in my kitchen, and then I made some money, and I bought more product, and I bought more ingredients, and then I made 50 jars at a time, and then I made 100 jars at a time, and now we're up to making 2,500 jars at a time. And we started in January that's huge that is huge for us because you know if if i hadn't have put it back into the business it wouldn't have been able to grow like that and that's that's a big thing so whatever you can afford even if it's a little bit of a sacrifice when you're first starting give your business a chance to grow and thrive and you will you will seriously reap the rewards for it very shortly Um, And then the last bit of advice is the other thing that I really wanted to tell you. Um, When I first started My Magic Mud, Justin was my biggest fan. And I let him be. And it was awesome because I just sat back and I'm like, I'm cute and I did this and he's going to tell you all about it. Um, And if I hadn't had him to be my biggest fan, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I realized that. And it was my job to... Also be my biggest fan because I, I knew what I created and in this world it's it's so weird but you're not allowed to believe in yourself fully you know it's people look down on that and it's awesome that I learned that because we have three children, and now, like, we don't teach them that. If, if you are great at something, you shout it from the rooftops, and I don't care who's like, oh, you're stuck up. Big deal. Like, put your money where your mouth is, you know? Um, so that's one thing that's huge. Be your own biggest fan. And don't be afraid to tell people how amazing you are and how amazing the service that you have is and how they need it in their life or the product Um, because honestly, unless you pay somebody a lot of money, you're your biggest mouthpiece and, and they can trust you. And so you need to be the one to be out there telling people without any fear how amazing your product or service is and why they need to have it. So this is where I leave you, and this is where Justin's expertise come in, and I really appreciate you listening.
1: So, here, let's, let's raise this. Sorry, I'm short. So the, the beautiful thing about exchange, the beautiful thing about creating value, creating products, um, going to market with something, creating, being attractive enough to have people want to put their dollars or their Bitcoin or their silver or their gold at you, or their Dogecoin at you, um, is that it really doesn't matter where you agree or where you disagree. It doesn't matter where you're der- deriving the non-aggression principle from. It doesn't matter if you're libertarian. It actually doesn't even matter if you're a Marxist or that you have some ass backwards reasoning, you don't even think about uh, political philosophy at all, and you're walking through the dark. The thing is is that you've, you've had an exchange, a peaceful exchange, which is the foundation of a free society, which is the foundation of peace, which is the foundation of universal nonviolence. You've acted in accordance, in alignment with the principles of liberty. That's what is beautiful about the transfer of value. Another thing that's beautiful is that it's almost cliche to say, but every weekend that we do the farmers' markets, it's uh, we get a thank you, and, and, then, and then we get to say thank you. It's this, it's this beautiful exchange. We don't ask, we don't have conversations about uh, about where we're at or what we want to see in the world. Most people don't know we're. But most people don't know that they're acting in accordance with anarchy. They're acting in alignment with agorism when they're exchanging with me. So it's a really beautiful thing to come to a place of, let's put, morality is extremely important and philosophy is extremely important to be uh, a sort of compass so that you know where you're going. Because, you know, even Marxism was an anarchist revolution. They used the state to try to overcome the capitalists, and that we would call all the labor and the bourgeois all over the world to create this uh, statelessness, right? Because they didn't have principle, they, you know, led to, led to starvation and, and the deaths of millions of people. So philosophy and inner growth and, and the and the right knowledge is important. But what's more important is getting off your ass and creating value. The liberty movement, this could community moving towards uh, universal nonviolence needs you to kick ass. Yeah. I actually don't care whether you're an anarchist or not. What I care is that you are, uh, you are being your best self, and the reason is, is because it's sexier for me. It's more attractive to me. I'm going to benefit from my interactions with all of you because you are producing some kind of value that I, that I may find valuable, and it's going to increase my livelihood. So what we need is for liberty to be sexy, we need liberty to be profitable, and the whole – I, I kind of diverge from Samuel Conkin a little bit because he focuses so much on the counter-economics when I say, yes, let's fucking create systems that subvert the state altogether," but you know what? If I think it's profitable for me to step into the economy, if I think it's profitable for me to play the game – of the state, then I'll do it. I'm not going to live in reaction to the irrationality of the state. I'm not going to live as a reactionary to the atrocities that I see. I'm going to live to be my best self. And as long as I'm not committing violence against anybody else, then I'm going to partake of the, the economy and the counter economy to be my best, and I'm going to put the excuses aside. Right now, we are very, very uh, we we like when we have an element of our business that's fully anarchist, and we're like, "Fuck the state, yeah!" And then we have an element of business where I'm trying to become FDA compliant in our in our, in our manufacturing process because I want to fucking make millions, right? <laughs> Why should I limit myself? Why should I limit my potential? Because I can tell you, our causes, our organizations, our little uh, projects that we're using to spread knowledge, they're not making a fucking dime. What can we do when we can move past begging for money, operating nonprofits, and move past begging money to spread the cause of liberty through media? That's not making a fucking dime. We can do a shitload because we're doing it right now anyway. We're doing it with pennies. Why can't we do it with millions? Whether you're going through the official means of, of making things happen so Whole Foods will go, oh, yeah, you got these laws. You're, you're in alignment with these laws. And uh, they're not going to buy from me if I don't get on the grid, I'm limiting my success. And that's not true with all business models, but some business models require you to partake in a system. Some business models require you to get in alignment and compliant. Some business models are like, you can make shitloads and you can ignore the state altogether. But I'm not here trying to get put behind bars to limit my potential. I'm here to... Play by their rules on my terms. I'm also here to play by my rules on my terms. The fact is, is the end is to be my best. Because when I have more means, I can advance liberty in greater ways than I can right now. I'm not a rich man yet, so I I have expertise, I have vision, a lot of the decisions that I've made have been profitable, but I've made anywhere from $15,000 a month to $500 a month depending on the excuses that I created in my life, and I've never exceeded that, so no, I'm not this incredible businessman. But that's my, that's my pursuit, that's my path, because I know with my dollars, with my Bitcoin, with my silver, with whatever uh, uh, mediums of exchange I can use, or media of exchange I can use to be prosperous, I'm going to pursue that. Right? So instead of having conversations about what we disagree with, even though that's fun, if you want to be productive, you can say, what are you creating? Let me tell you about what I'm creating right now. This is freaking amazing. And you can be sexy and attractive, and you can basically attract the sort of prosperity that's going to go people like make people go, man, so what is this libertarianism that you're talking about? Or what is this agorism? They're going to want to know what's in your mind, what fuels you. Because you are prosperous. If you're sitting and you're rotting on your couch, and you're complaining about the world, and you're depressed because you see how fucked up everything is, you are not attractive. Okay? You are not attractive. But the fact is, is that there is a place for that, and I'm not squashing that. I think that, you know, talks of the globalists. The globalists. Because when the globalists come after you, you may as well look good with my magic mug. I want to encourage you to break the rules daily. How many of you have businesses of some kind, even if it's just like you're trading a little bit of value here and there? Almost everybody, and probably the people that aren't raising their hand are engaging in some kind of act that's, that's making them money, Even if it's, or, or uh, some kind of act that's giving them something. They produce something in exchange for something. Well, I have something to tell you. All of you are criminals right yeah. if you're being entrepreneurial you're a criminal the only way that you are not a criminal is if you can start with a huge amount of capital which i can i can safely say at least 90 or 95 or almost all of you don't have a huge i'm talking about huge amounts of capital it takes huge amounts of capital not to be a criminal and then when you have huge amounts of capital you don't give a shit about that anyway right so being entrepreneurial is being a criminal and that's freaking awesome yeah. right Woo. So, I encourage you in your daily life to break the rules. Break irrational bullshit rules. It'll make you feel alive. Break rules in your business. Break rules in your daily existence. When you see a left uh, red light turn lane at 3 o'clock in the morning and there's nobody on the fucking road, break the fucking law. You know what I'm saying? There are rules that are great, and sometimes the state adopts rational rules. Not all rules emanating from the state are bad. They adopt natural law rules, or rational rules if you reject in a polycentric way of natural law and all that great stuff. They adopt rules that make sense, uh, to keep the peace, to keep people from killing themselves, whatever. Don't break those rules, but break the rules that, that are constraining you, that are, that are ripping away your dignity break the rules, smoke pop every once in a while, right? (laughs) Let loose. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Do something that makes you feel alive. I, I make it a habit every day and I've taught my teenage son this. I try, to break, is I try to break the rules every single day consciously, not, not the rational ones, but the irrational ones, because it makes me feel human. I break the rules in business. I break the rules in my personal life. I break the rules when I'm driving. I break the rules when I'm at home. So they say that most people are committing like three felonies a day, like unconsciously. I don't know if that's true, but I know that we're breaking, we're, there's so many laws out there that they're, they're, not, they're not meant to, to keep the peace at all. They're meant to make us criminals at the discretion of the rulers, right? But it also is fun to break the rules because it's like you're living by your terms and you can adopt that in your business. You can adopt that in your business strategy. So what keeps us from prosperity, what keeps us from uh, getting what we want, because I can tell you right now that it's very likely, in my experience, I'm going on a little tangent, sorry, take the ride with me, (laughs) is that almost everybody has something of value that they can offer. Almost everybody has some kind of unique skill. Some unique knowledge, uh, some way to create value. Almost everybody can be successful with exactly what you have right now. At least pursue success with exactly what you have right now. And that's going to require you to meet your demons. You're going to, it's a personal growth project that I don't want to get in now because we're not in a personal growth seminar. But you are enough of a fucking roadblock, right? You are enough of a roadblock. Do not use the state as your roadblock. Do not say, oh, I have to figure out the business entity that I need in order to get started. Sometimes you do, but usually you don't. Get started. Let let the market show you that there's a demand for the value that you're creating because sometimes you idealize things that are that are great and then you put it to market and nobody pays a dime for. It. Sometimes you create nonprofits that nobody donates to. Guess what? You're not, you're not meeting a need. You're meeting your own idea of a need that needs to be met. And that's usually just an illusion. You're chasing illusions. Always start ghetto. <laughs> This was a revelation that happened with Rebecca, who's actually a part of the My Magic Mud team, and it's made an incredible amount of profit. Our our uh, partnership has made me money. It's made her money. It's made Jessica money. It's made our staff money. Right? People smile. Yeah, that's awesome. That kind of feedback is a sort of uh, is a sort of currency as well. But starting ghetto means like. Do whatever you can to meet the shortest distance between A and B. Do whatever you can to get to the market as fast as possible with the least amount of, least amount of capital needed. The reason is, is because almost every one of your ideas is going to fail. Part of going to market, there's so much luck in it. No books talk about this, but there's a huge amount of luck involved in, in, in becoming a successful businessman. There's a, or businesswoman. There's a huge amount of luck, but the personal growth people can't uh, make money on talking about luck because it's like, what the fuck? And even if you don't believe in luck, let's just call it a, it's a, there's a series of coincidences that converge to success. And a lot of times, there's for every success, there's a huge amount of failures. So start with that knowledge. I'm probably going to fail. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm being realistic. So let's get to market as fast as I can to put my idea to the test. Let's break as many rules as possible to get to the market and and see if if people want my product. And if you start seeing money coming your way, votes coming your way, then you can work backwards. So we went from selling five, or we went from giving 50 away to selling five, 10, 20. We were happy if we got two sales in a week. Holy crap, this is amazing. So we can't even keep up with our production right now, and I'm working backwards. I'm, now I'm talking to attorneys about legal entities. Now I'm doing the best I can to reduce my tax liability. Now I'm talking about good manufacturing pra- practice. Now we're talking about creating an alternative line to keep with our integrity so that we can have an alternative li- alternative line for farmer's markets, but then we can have our line for uh, the mass national chains and, and, and to put our product in, in the belly of the beast, right? Because we want to make as much money as possible. So you work backwards from the market demand of your product. Don't set yourself up to lose a shitload because you're probably gonna fail the first few times. You'll have one I've had we probably in our ten years of being a family, we've we've had a, we've had one successful operation and then like eight failures, one that I hated but that paid our bills, and then boom, I was taking care of it. She's like, honey, I have idea (laughs) and now it's meeting our family's needs completely right so minimize (laughs) minimize your exposure by breaking the fucking rules break the rules break the rules and another thing is is that when you're emanating prosperity when you have the confidence you sit up straight you're making deals you have means you become a man or woman of means even if it's small means but you can live life by your terms you're making liberty sexy you're making it sexy
0: And that's what we need
1: to do. The liberty movement needs you to be sexy. Let's have fucking fun. Let's make it rain. Let's be charitable with the abundance that we have. And prosperity is attractive. That prosperity is attractive. And I'll leave that. I'll leave that at at at, at prosperity is attractive. And I'll bring up a, a beautiful, attractive woman that uh, is uh, an entrepreneur and that's breaking into a market with this amazing product. Are we gonna be interesting. Yeah. So thank you very much. respect, I don't think you're diverging from Konkin much. I mean, Konkin was was talking about, if you've read the Libertarian Manifesto, if you haven't, I highly encourage you to radicalize me, and it can radicalize you too. He talks about five likely stages of the uh, revolution, and in our current phase, I I think it's totally cool.